What's up, everybody? I'm Steph. And I'm Mari. We are two licensed professional counselors in the state of Wisconsin, and this is the Rewriting Her Story podcast, a mindset podcast for everyone. Here we'll discuss daily issues we face ourselves, struggles our clients are having, and ways to tackle everyday life and whatever else comes up. We take a no-bullshit approach while still being empathetic and supportive. Let's Let's fucking fucking go. go. Go, go, go. Welcome back. Welcome back, loveys. Today, today we are going to talk about vulnerability. It's going to be a doozy. And how convenient or interesting is it that it's episode 15? I feel like that's like a landmark episode, right? Like it's a big deal, like the Mm -hmm. 10s and the 15s and all that kind of stuff. So I feel like it's appropriately fitting for this episode number. I absolutely agree. And how fitting that before we even started recording for the past (laughs) 17 minutes, I have been crying to you about everything in my life. (laughs) How fitting. I literally got on and I was like, like immediately started crying. Okay, but that's the power Uh, of vulnerability because how do you feel now? I feel better. I feel way better. I just feel like it's released. It's gone. I mean, it's not, wait, time out. (laughs) Reverse. It's not gone, but I do feel more settled in the fact that I got some tears out. There are lots of unchanging, um, not unchanging, unchanging isn't the right word. There are lots of things going on in my life that I need radical acceptance for. And they're not, it's not good or bad. It's just that it has to be radical acceptance for what it is right now. My bathroom is still in the process of being remodeled, which is, it is what it is. I can't rush it. I had to wait for things to get here. So it's not like we've just been sitting around being like, well, we'll finish it when we finish it. It's just, we're waiting for other parts and things to get here to be able to finish it. And then I'm preparing for rummage sale tomorrow. Um, and I'm selling all of my daughter's things. My sister had some of my girl clothes and items just in case if she had a girl. So then we didn't have to buy all this stuff all over again. Cause she has two boys. So now she's gave it back to me and I'm selling all of it. And it's just like looking at all her little tiny shoes and her little tiny clothes that she used to wear that I can, I can see pictures that I took of her in those Mm -hmm. things. And I'm like, oh my gosh, like looking at eight years worth of things. We also didn't get any sleep last night because she woke up in the middle of the night and pulled her tooth out. So there's so many things in this, yeah, it's so many things in this day that have been, air quotes, stacked against me. I don't think that it's stacked against me, but people could view it that way or someone could view it that way. When in reality, it's just radical acceptance moments for things that are happening right now. And I am an emotional person. I like being an emotional person. I feel things deeply. And so sometimes I just have to feel it. I just have to go through it and then be like, (sighs) and what better way to be able to do that when somebody with someone who understands me, Mm -hmm. who I know that I can absolutely come to and be my authentic self. And there's no judgment there. It's just acceptance. She knows exactly where my head and my heart are at. And it's just, yeah, I'm here. I'm ready to listen. It it is what it is. Let's move through it. And that, that's the power of vulnerability, right? Stepping into a situation where you know you're going to be judged. You know that there is the possibility to be judged, but you are putting yourself out there anyways, as Brene Brown, you're stepping, it says, she says, stepping into that arena and you are, you are in the thick of it. You're in the fight. <clears throat> that is what is so important about vulnerability. That is vulnerability. When we were first introduced to Brene Brown at our old job with her TED Talk, The Power of Vulnerability, I just remember being like, I will never 
do some shit like that. That sounds disgusting. I don't want any part of it. But at the same time, she was so relatable and funny that I was like, dude, I do that shit all the time. Right. And then as you and I got more into it, excuse me, I'm still getting over being sick by the way. So sorry for that. Um, I remember as we got more into it, cause we were teaching teenagers how to be vulnerable. Right. And as adults in their thirties, we were like, I mean, we don't even do this stuff. Maybe we should try it so we can model this behavior for these kids that we're trying to help. And I remember telling Mari, you're the one person that I think I've actually truly been vulnerable with, like in a, a real authentic way. Not that I haven't had vulnerable moments with people, right. Where I've shared vulnerable things with them or have felt vulnerable. But again, like Mari said, it's that knowing that no matter what I said to her, she wasn't going to judge me or think some type of way about me or I don't know, communicate with me in a way that made me feel shame. Um, it was never like that. So by her and I having that relationship, it encouraged me to be able to do that with other people, which was very helpful just in my life in general. Mm -hmm. So let's talk about why vulnerability is important. Why do you think it's important stuff? For lots of reasons, honestly, if you are not willing to share with somebody a, a certain part of you or a feeling or an emotion, you are the one that's suffering, right? And I've talked to people a lot this past week of people saying, well, I don't want to say this to them because they're going to be upset or I don't want to start a fight or I don't know how it's going to turn out. Here's the thing. When you are coming from a point of your truth and it's something that means something to you, you're not doing it for the other person. You're doing it for you. Do we hope that that other person is going to hear you and receive it in the way that you would prefer? Sure, that's a hope, but we don't have any control over that. The second you take down that wall, Brene Brown calls it armor, to either take responsibility for actions or express some sort of emotion, that's where the power lies. I used to, honestly, I used to think that being vulnerable was being weak. That's what I equated it to. It was like, oh, I ain't no weak bitch. Nope, I don't need to do that. Um, Brene Brown talks a lot about blaming other people and how that is a way to avoid vulnerability, right? Because if I can blame somebody else for something, I don't have to take responsibility for my actions. Uh, That's embarrassing. But I was that way for a very long time. I'm trying to get my seven-year-old to not be that way. He'll blame me for the dumbest shit that I have absolutely no control over. I'm like, bro, what? No. So I looked up, while you were talking, I looked up the definition of vulnerability, but then looked up Brene Brown's definition mm. of vulnerability. <clears throat> and I, so where what I found um, isn't the one that she gives in her, um, on Audible, there is a, um, I believe it was a TED Talk, that they broke into six sessions and then created um, an audible book about it, The Power of Vulner- Vulnerability by Brene Brown. Such a great book. Um, Steph and I both listened to it, and that's where um, kind of a lot of our talking points are going to come from. Um, but the definition, the the dictionary definition of vulnerability is the quality or state of being exposed to the possibility of being attacked or harmed either physically or emotionally. So then Brene Brown's definition from what I found was this, the definition of vulnerability is uncertainty, risk, and emotional exposure. So she talks about, but vulnerability is not weakness. It's our most accurate measure of courage. When the barrier is our belief about vulnerability, the question becomes, are we willing to show up and be seen 
when we can't control the outcome. And that right there to me is the most important part that we are allowing ourselves to be seen without knowing the outcome. How many things in this life of ours or this world of ours are we like "Mm, if I don't know what's going to happen or I don't know what's going to go on or if I can't necessarily control what's going to um, come in the future I don't I don't really want to be a part of it sure I feel like that that shows up so much for so many people and understandably so right there are so many fears that can be based out of the unknown What I like about vulnerability is, like it said, that courage to show up and be seen regardless. Because you're telling your story, you're living your journey, you're speaking your truth. And whether or not people understand or accept it, it's that... And what a fitting topic, too, for Pride Month. Let me just start there. Sure. Like, I didn't even necessarily real, like put the two together, but man, cause when I just talked, said the, your own journey, like speaking your own truth, living your own journey, you're validating that for yourself. Mm-hmm. You're not waiting for somebody else to validate that. And what I really love when she talks about stepping into that arena is I am not going to concern myself of the opinions of bystanders, of spectators, of people who are too afraid to come into the arena with me. I will not concern myself with their opinions or thoughts about what I am doing because they're not with their, they're not in there with me. They're not attempting vulnerability. They're not putting themselves out there. And so I'm not going to give respect and or heed to that because I know that what I am doing is right for me. Like I'm showing up for me. Absolutely. Yes, very much so. I'm looking at my notes. Um, I mean, the big thing, and we've talked about Brene Brown like 87 million times because we love her very much. And I will until the day that I Yes, same. (laughs) So one of the quotes that I took from the book that we listened to was that, and this resonated with me, obviously, that's why I wrote it down. We have a tendency to engage in behaviors that exacerbate shame when in shame, and then project them onto people who have less power than us. Hello, my relationship with Sophia. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my God. (laughs) Here, like, I can't tell you how many times I'm like, okay. I need to get up and I need to work out. And so I need to get up at this time to be able to do it. And then I can have this much time to help her get ready for school, pack her lunch, blah, 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 blah. Bitch, then I sleep another half hour, 45 minutes, and then I'm rushing us because I'm the person who didn't follow the plan. But you're mad at her because she has to go to school. I'm I'm projecting under her because I'm like, you know what? It's because I couldn't tie shoes fast enough. Like, what are you doing? I mean, there's so many different areas that that shows up too, right? Like, like today, (laughs) like what I cried about is I'm struggling getting, and I did not think, here's the thing. It's catching me off guard. I did not think I was going to struggle with selling all of my daughter's clothes and belongings. Like I've always had ramen sales. I'm like, sell that shit. I hate having a cluttered house. Let's get rid of it. But then, like, looking at all her tiny little baby shoes, like, her, the little hat she came home from the hospital in, one of them, I kept the other one that's better, I was like, oh my god, like, bleh. So then my boyfriend comes home, and he's, like, rushing, and he's got to do things, and he starts taking the doors off of his Jeep to go, like, run his errands and look cool, <laughs> in my head, this is what I'm assuming, but, like, real 
realistically, what what's the other reason? <laughs> you just want you want to let go. Okay, but again, in my head, then I'm like, can't even help me. Can't even can't even do this. Like not even like too busy wrapped up in his own thing. Hey, Mark, <laughs> just step into vulnerability, girl. And say, and say I'm like, struggling. Hey, I'm, I'm struggling. I'm really having a moment. I'm really having a moment here. I don't need you to fix it. I just need you to be with me for a minute. I just need you to know that I'm having a moment. I'm going to be fine. I'm going to be fine tomorrow, at the end of the day tomorrow, when I make a lot of money, because I know that I'm going to. I can feel it. I can feel it. But, like, say something. Show up, Mari. Step into that arena. What stopped you? You know that you're going to be accepted. Because in my head, I was like, he's going to think that I want a kid. He's going to think I want a kid. He's going to think, like, and, like... (laughs) Let's be clear, Mari is hormonal right now, so this is where this is coming so from. So hormonal, so hormonal. But, like, everything I'm I like, because, you know, he absolutely does not want a sure. child, and nor do I, but I could see him being like, oh, my God. Like, like, I don't I don't know what to do with my hands yeah, right now. Uh, like, uh, they're there, you, what do you, they're there, what do you little need? one. <laughs> right, I'm going to, I'm going to go. <laughs> like, you know All right, I'm going to head out. Because that's. Yeah, that that is what I think that I was also afraid of too. Of like, you're not going to be able to understand because mm-hmm. you don't have kids. And again, that's my projection. Those are my assumptions. Those are cognitive errors that I'm operating in. Well, and how many times in your life have you not expressed yourself with the under with the assumption that you're not going to get it anyways? You're not going to understand. You're not going to know where I'm coming from. Uh, I can tell you for me, it's been countless. I literally, um, I think I could give you the latter. Like I could tell you how many times I have (laughs) been vulnerable. (laughs) The other part, um, countless, countless years, (laughs) years. Like, like, this is the other thing too, is I'm talking about vulnerability with clients and I'm like, please hear me when I say this as your therapist, there are still moments where I'm like, Mm, I'm just gonna I'm gonna project and I'm gonna flip I'm out gonna choose violence today I can't yeah I can't be vulnerable <laughs> with this I can't not I, I'm gonna send a text message like, I I can't have the conversation in person and here's the thing you operate in whatever style is going to work for you in that moment but like I this is a, a work in progress people mm-hmm. it takes just a fuck ton of practice you, just because you decide to start speaking your truth does not mean that you're like, oh, I'm, I'm never not going to do this. <laughs> like, no. And if you if you are like, okay, I am going to start saying my feelings and speaking up and discussing things that are important to me, start with someone you trust. Mm-hmm. Wholeheartedly. 100% trust. Start with someone you trust. And hey, that might look like your therapist. Realistically, that might look like your therapist of where you show up and you're able to have those open, vulnerable conversations of like, you know what? When you said this, I felt like this. You know, help me understand that. Or when I went to, you know, the grocery store and I was extremely anxious about everything and uh, my partner was like, what's wrong with you? Instead of me making up a lie, I was able to tell them. I was able to be like, yeah, people make me nervous. Mm-hmm. Big crowds make me nervous. Start with something small. Start with someone that you trust. Because being vulnerable is huge. And it has the ability to change your life, right? It has such an ability to impact you. However, 
I would love for you to start with somebody who's going to at least be able to try to show up and understand where you're coming from. And if not, maybe reflect back in a positive way of like, help me understand that or meet you with a, 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 a voice of curiosity rather than judgment of like, why would you say that? Why, why does that make you nervous? Um, and again, tone and facial expressions are, are huge when delivering the statement because somebody could say, well, like, why do you feel that way? Versus like, why do you feel that way? You know, both very different sentiments. But, like, start small. Because there are moments where people have been vulnerable. People have opened up and shared. And it hasn't gone well, which has left a bad taste in their mouth of wanting to be vulnerable again. So, like, Steph, what would you say to a client who's like, yeah, I've done that before. It doesn't work. I've I've shared with somebody before and I got shut down. All I got was nothing. I mean, I would ask them to explore that a little bit more. What made them feel like it, it wasn't effective or it didn't work? You know, I... I'm very curious as to how people communicate things. I had a session with a client the other day and she often does not bring up how she feels to her husband because she worries about how he's going to respond or she's worried that they're going to start a fight or she's worried that he's going to invalidate her because that seems to be his pattern. And so I explained to her when you can take away the expectation that the other person is going to respond in a certain type of way, right? Because when you're anxious, you're trying to anticipate what that response is going to be so you can prepare for your rebuttal. We don't have any control over that. When you take away those expectations and you communicate your feelings in that moment and you own your feelings without judgment, right? Like you own, this is how I felt in this moment. There really isn't a way for them to become defensive. Like they're becoming defensive because they feel attacked because they feel that you are accusing them Mm -hmm. of causing you to feel some type of way. That is a them issue. And you can reiterate to them. I'm not blaming you. I'm just letting you know, this is how I perceive the situation. And this is how, you know, I internalized it. I get people, and we talked about this many times together, maybe on the podcast, I'm not sure who will have tried something once and say, I tried that, but it didn't work. Here's the thing. Like Mari said, Maybe it didn't work with that person because that person wasn't at a spot where they were ready to comfort you or support you. And that's okay. We can't hold that against them, but try with somebody else, just like riding a bike, just like learning a new skill. You have to keep trying and keep practicing because the more you do it, the better you're going to get and the easier it's going to get. It's never going to be simple to be vulnerable and real with another person. But it definitely starts to feel better the more you do it. I was just going to say, what would it look like if you attempted to walk, failed, and then just didn't? Exactly. What would it look like if you attempted to ride a bike, failed, and just didn't? Mm -hmm. What would it look like? And applying that to many different things. The same thing goes with effective communication, trying a coping skill, vulnerability, showing up for yourself, self-care, all of those things. This is is a... Not even like a, you know how they're like, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. Mm -hmm. It's not even a marathon. This is parallel. Working on yourself is parallel to your lifespan. Mm -hmm. It is, it is continuous. It is ongoing. It is never ending. Because you should be evolving and changing on the regular. Yes. Yes, that is the only constant. Change is the only constant. The only thing that we can consistently count on to show up is that things will change. So why not humor yourself and attempt again and try again with little moments of vulnerability, even if it is like, I was going to think of like going to the hair salon and um, I had a client who went to the hair salon and she was like, you would be proud of me. I, I went to the hair salon, I got my hair done and I was able to say to the stylist, this isn't what I asked for. Wow. And I was like, that's, 
fucking huge. I was just going to say, that's a really big fucking deal. Huge. My mom does my hair. because She's a beautician. My mom does my hair. And so when I had to tell her, like, mm, this isn't the blonde that I wanted. I, with my mother, mm-hmm. I was like, oh, God. Yikes. Like, this is going to be so hardcore, but she did it with a stranger. Yeah. So that, it's huge. So even in moments like that, because that, that's a big one. So I'm trying to think of a, a smaller one. Sending back food that is wrong, that isn't what you asked for. And again, that's my perception. Maybe that is a smaller one for me of being like, I didn't order this. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's easier for me, too, because of an allergy purpose. Like, I will not hesitate to send something back just because I don't want to get sick. But even something like that of like, I oh, my God, how many times have you got a hot coffee when you ordered an iced coffee? Or vice versa, yeah. Yes. So being able to say, I, I ordered this iced when you know, when you know that you did stepping into that vulnerability. What I love from the audible book that we listened to that icky feeling that really strong, Oh my God, I can't bear this. After you have said the statement that is vulnerable, after you've expressed that vulnerability, that time, that length is eight seconds eight seconds to experience that discomfort. Now, hear me when I say this, just because eight seconds pass doesn't mean you automatically feel better about being vulnerable and that you just skip away into la la land. No, but that really, really like gut-wrenching, uncomfortable moment is eight seconds. That's it. You can do anything for eight seconds. Anything. It does feel like eight years sometimes, though. It does. All I, I get, all I'm does. thinking promise, about is like promise. sending text messages and being like, "Well, I did it. That's done now. Like, here we go." Hey, that's why you put it on Do Not Disturb <laughs> and throw your phone. Okay. How many times have we done that? But here's the thing: when I told my mom I didn't like my hair, her coworker was like, "It no, it looks good. It looks good." And I had just listened to that part in the TED Talk, or the, it's not, it might not be a TED Talk, but that's what I keep calling it, but in the Audible book for The Power of Vulnerability with Brene, I just listened to that part that morning, and I just stayed silent. And in my head, I was like, it's eight seconds, Mari, you can do this, it's eight seconds, so stay quiet, you do not, because she says, if we don't last those eight seconds, we tend to retreat. There's... There's six different things that we tend to do. We can armor up in... Um, in shame so then we can project it onto the other person but there's also other things that we do when we're having that reaction which we will be going more in depth on when we do a master class we're going to do a master class on vulnerability probably towards the end of summer because summer is a busy time for everybody but we are going to go more in depth in this topic which is why we are trying to keep this um light and airy um but she does talk about that one of the reactions is that when somebody is like, oh, no, it looks good. Like they're trying to not, they, they're trying to get out of that vulnerable moment with us. They don't want to sit there in the vulnerability because it's uncomfortable, understandable. So then we tend to try to make that other person mm-hmm. feel better. So we tend to be like, yeah, you're right. Or like, oh, it isn't that right, bad. And I literally, mm-hmm. yes, I stood there and I was like, don't say anything, don't say anything, don't say anything, don't say anything. Because I was like, I don't fucking like mm-hmm. it. I'm not going to say I like it. I love my mom. She's a great beautician, a great beautician. This wasn't it. And I'm not going to sit here and say that it was. I didn't like it. And so that was such a huge moment for me, too. Because it wasn't, I wasn't angry. I didn't armor up. I didn't project. I didn't get, um, 
combative, which tends to be the thing. I think my sister can speak to this too. Whenever my mom does our hair, there tends to be like this, like blow up meltdown, come back together. And then we leave happy. It's just, it's just, I think a mother daughter relationship, but I just was like, it's just not what I wanted. And that's okay. We can come back and fix it, but it's just not what I wanted. It wasn't like, you're a fucking shitty hairdresser. <laughs> I fucking hate this place. Don't ever come to my house again, re- ever. <laughs> yeah. Don't talk to me. <laughs> Consider us. I don't even know. What is it? What is it when Estranged. you endorse your parents? Yeah. No, no, no. In the court. Oh, emancipation? <laughs> <laughs> Consider us emancipation. <laughs> like doesn't have to be like that it can literally just be like this isn't what I wanted and we can try again a different day one thing to remember too you guys is when you are exploring the change to want to embrace vulnerability one thing that you have to remember is not to shame yourself for how you feel like don't start off the jump and validating yourself because guess what you're not going to follow through if you attach shame or guilt to how you are feeling no part of you is going to want to follow through and be vulnerable and say, Hey, this is what's coming up for me right now. Because you're going to think they're going to think this is stupid. They're not going to care. They're going to get mad at me. Um, whatever the fuck don't do that. Like take away the shame because you are allowed to feel how you're feeling. And we've talked about this before too. Mari is probably one of the only people. I really think she is probably the only person that I can be like, Bro, am I being fucking ridiculous? Like, I need you to check me and tell me if I'm being fucking dumb or if this is, like, valid. And I respect when she says, if I'm not in a place for it, she'll be like, okay, well, if you're not in a place to hear this right now, then just turn off the Marco Polo and check it later. But if you are, then stay. (laughs) And then she'll pause and she'll be like, okay, so this is what I think is going on with you. And if I am not in a place to hear it, then I know that I'm probably being ridiculous. But that's okay. But I ask her because I value her opinion and I know that she knows me better than anybody. So... When you have a person like that in your life, it makes a huge fucking difference. This is a perfect moment for DBT. So, let me challenge you. It is not you being ridiculous. We're not going to do that to ourselves. We're not going to shame ourselves with dramatic words of, I feel ridiculous. What you're feeling is what you're feeling, and you're allowed to feel how you feel. We're going to say we're operating in our emotional mind. So again, if we go back to the very foundational skill of DBT, and I think that we've talked about this in the very beginning of the podcast, maybe episode two, three, or four, there are those three states of mind. So if you think about a Venn diagram where the two circles intersect, there's emotional, there's reasonable, and then there's wise mind where they intersect, that's wise mind. So when we are in those emotions, that's very real for us. That's very valid for us. It's not ridiculous. It's how you're feeling. And that's why I say, hey, if you're not in a space to receive this, leave. It's not a negative aspect. That's not a like, you're not fucking strong enough to handle this. It is literally just that moment of like, you know you. And if you need to be upset right now, then you need to be upset. And that is okay. So we're not going to put even those labels of like, am I being ridiculous? No. First and foremost, you're not being fucking ridiculous. Are you in your emotional mind? Yes. Does that make yes. sense? And I know that when I'm stuck in my emotional mind, there's no amount of logic that is going to change it in that moment. Not that it's not changeable, but in that moment, I just need time to just sit in it because I know that yes. I'm going to come out of it. And that's, again, like yes. we've talked about riding the wave of emotion, right? Like you allow yourself to sit in it, feel it, and then you ride it out and realize 
well, fuck, I made it through. Like it didn't kill me. Right. Like I'm still here. Yes. Yes. And you allow yourself to self soothe. Mm -hmm. You give yourself the space to be able to do that. Case in point, what I, what I did when I came on here, we had, we were talking, you, you allowed me to be in that space to cry. You didn't try to fix it for me. You were just like, yeah, I fucking get that. You laugh with me. I was going to say, we laugh, we cry, but you didn't cry, but I did. <laughs> like We just, we had that space and I was allowed to figure it out. I was allowed to work through it and I was allowed to come back to my wise mind because you allowed me to be vulnerable mm-hmm. in that moment. And that, that's what I needed. So that give yourself that space to operate in your emotional mind. Sometimes you need that. Here's the thing. If you're operating in your emotional mind, take a step back. Take a step back so you do not armor up in that shame. Mm-hmm. If you take a step back and allow yourself to be, allow yourself to be with yourself, feel those emotions, cry it out, rage it out, scream it out, punch it out, whatever you need to do in your room or your house by yourself, do that. Absolutely. And then maybe even sleep and reflect on it and come back in the morning or maybe it only takes a couple of minutes to reflect and then come back to it of like, okay, I felt my emotions I understand where maybe my emotions didn't fit the facts of the situation. So now how can I readdress how I'm feeling? Mm-hmm. So I'm allowed to have this rummage sale and have these feelings about, you know, not having my daughter's things anymore. And, and, you know, she's my only child and what I thought my life was going to look like and what it looks like now. And so I'm allowed to feel those things because allowing myself to feel those things allows me to come out on the other side and then step into gratitude. Mm-hmm. Of I'm, I'm so grateful that I get to be her mother. I'm so grateful that I get to have these moments with her, that I get to reflect on these things. So many people don't get that. Yep. So many people don't get that. And then also, like... I could take that 14 different ways of like, okay, I have one child, so now I can focus my time, energy, attention, money on that child. Mm-hmm. You know, what if I had two children? I don't think I could handle two children. Nope. Like, realistically, I can't. I know like, I can't. Up in the middle of the night, ripping a tooth out. I can't do that with another one. Like, what are you kidding? You want breakfast? What the fuck? No, just kidding. <laughs> just kidding. So, taking that time in your emotional mind allows you to then stop, reflect, and then come up with your gratitudes in that moment versus going into a spiral of catastrophizing or whatever your spiral might look like. Right. Coming up with gratitudes or coming up with ways to challenge some of those overly emotional thoughts that we were experiencing that were just emotion without maybe facts to back it up. Right. So like challenge it with logic and factual statements that can bring you back down kind of, right? Because I know that when I'm in my emotional mind or if I'm overly anxious, like I tell people it's like being up in the clouds. You're not grounded at all. You're like fucking a floating balloon, losing air, just flying all over the place, right? Yeah. We need I, to get I explained it like a wind tunnel. Yeah. Like you're just trying to grasp on anything and you're just like, oh my God, oh my God. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> yes. And it just feels chaotic and it feels not good. It's uncomfortable. But here's the thing. I know this phrase is used in everything like fitness and whatever, but it's to get comfortable being uncomfortable because that's where the change is going to happen. If you want to stay stuck, if you are content in being where you're at, even though you know you're not happy, like then don't get comfortable being uncomfortable, but that's a hard truth. Growth and change is fucking scary. It's overwhelming. It's exhausting, but I'm going to tell you right now, it is one of the most rewarding things you can ever experience for yourself. I 1000% agree. I'm getting so worked up. My fucking microphone's shaking over here. Cause I'm just like bobbing my head and shit. <laughs> fucking Christ. 
I I think this is a good part to end. I think Same. this is a suspenseful cliffhanger. Yes. Ooh. And I think I it's good that see what I was doing. <laughs> I think it's good that we're planning like an end of summer masterclass because mm-hmm. it gives us a shit ton of time to prepare. Because here's the thing, dude. Like there is so much to vulnerability and to practicing vulnerability and to shame and all of that that we want to come at you with something that's like top notch. So we will obviously. Do you understand? how many times I stopped myself from going further into oh, I like, know. what we listened to yes. and learned. I was like, hey, well, yes, keep it wrapped. Keep it wrapped. I know I have pages and pages of notes. So <laughs> stay tuned for that because we will definitely advertise it. I'm sure we'll talk about it more in the podcast throughout the summer too. Um, but yeah, I think this is a good place to end and hopefully this resonates with you guys. Yes, 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 yes. Yes. Thank you so much. So, so, so much for listening. Yeah. And we'll see you for episode 16. Bye. Bye.